All right, I'm going to open up today with Luke chapter 7, verse 9, and then I'm going to pray. Luke 7, 9 says this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Y'all, it's impressive anytime you can amaze Jesus. He was amazed at him and turning to the crowd, followed him. And he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. That's pretty Jesus was so impressed with somebody. Let's pray today. Father, we love you. We honor you. And we commit this time to you. We ask, Lord, would you speak to each and every heart in this room, each and every heart listening to us today, each and every heart, God, that just wants to hear from you, hear from your word. We thank you for your ability to speak to every individual. Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to impart what's in your heart today. Speak to all of us as you speak to every one of us, Lord God. We thank you, honor you, and uh, we receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in this series on miracles, and this is the fourth week, part four this week. And we start very deliberately setting a foundation of God's motivation for miracles and that he has this love for mankind and it's the compassion that drove Jesus to do so many miracles and that God has a heart for mankind and that's why he does miracles and supernatural things um, for us. Uh, we also talked about the how, the, the how God to work. We went all the way back to Genesis and we explored how God created mankind in his image and that we are to partner with him to extend his kingdom. And that when God does miracles in the earth, he likes us to be involved. He likes us to actually be the one praying. And we, he likes us to be the one who, are, who, who he's working through to, to bring it through. A lot of us, we would like to just kind of pray from afar and see something happen. But he likes to involve us in the process. And um, we talk, so how does that happen? And then we looked at in the scripture, we talked about how he empowers us by his Holy Spirit. He works through us by filling us and empowering us by the Holy Spirit. We speak after him and speak after his word, and we see God do great and amazing things. You know, even as I share that, I realize that for some of us, when we think about God using us as individuals to bring miracles into the earth, his power Sometimes it can be a little intimidating. You know, there are things in this earth to pray for that we're like, ah, you know, to pray for a miracle, you need a, need a miracle, and you've got to be faced with a situation with a miracle, and that can be intimidating. I remember years ago, there was a man in our church, I'll call him John, going in for laparoscopic surgery to take some cancer. I went to the hospital that morning and was praying with John, and he was eaten up with anxiety that day really, really nervous. It was supposed to be a, an elegant surgery, not a really big deal. Laparoscopic is you know, not very evasive. And, you know, he was kind of go in, get to go home the same day, but he was just eaten up with anxiety himself. And unfortunately, the surgery didn't go well. Um, it was probably had to do with just the, even his lack of peace. But he, he developed pancreatitis throughout what was going on, where basically his pancreas uh, created a chemical spill within his body. And there's kind of different degrees. It's always dangerous when something like this happens. But they had to actually put this gentleman um, under sedation and put him in an ICU, and um, and things weren't looking good. And I, I would go and I would pray and I would be there. And 
I had a nurse one day explain to me how grave it was and begin to give me the statistics of it doesn't look good and it's probable that this gentleman's not going to make it. And I'm thinking, he went in for such and such. This is developed and this is like, this is the manifestation of his greatest fear. And I was anticipating all of this and I remember walking away from all of that, kind of intimidated myself. And thinking, this, this is, this is big and I kind of felt like I, I was the person, he didn't have a really large community, like I was going to be the person to pray for him, and I was feeling the weight of that. I remember once I was headed of the hospital, I was praying about it. God, I just, I'm intimidated. Like, it just feels like such a big deal, and I, I don't feel to the cause. I don't feel, I'm not feeling it. You know what I'm talking about? And as I was praying, I was just pouring out my heart, and I, I love how we can just be honest with God, and then if we'll listen, he'll speak. And on my way, he, he just said, he's just Mike. I like that he calls me Mike. At least I think he calls me Mike. Um, I just need you to stand in that place that I've called you to stand. And I just need you to pray a prayer of faith from your heart and then let me do the work. And I could just see this picture of me. I need to be present at that bedside. And I just need to pray out of faith and trust for this man. And that's what I did. I went to the hospital and I stood at his side. I just remember, I just started praying. Have you ever been praying and you just start feeling like God's starting to give you the words to pray? And like something's happening in the room. And I had one of those moments where I'm just praying. And I know, I know God is doing something. I'm so encouraged because I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even feel up for this. And here I am and I, I'm, I'm sensing God do something. And I just love the way he'll carry us at times. You know, it's like that scripture, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And uh, I'm there praying. And sure enough, God did a miracle. Guy woke up from his, from, uh, came out of it. Um, not only that, he would later on go and get treatment and all the cancer would be gone. And it was quite a road. But God completely healed this man. Praise God. When he woke up, he said, I saw a military man in my room on different nights. And it was really comforting because I knew that he was sent to watch over me. He's asking the nurses and doctors about who it was. They're like, there was no military person. And he's realizing God gave him that as a gift to encourage him in his weakest moment. There's miracles on every front. I remember watching the Lord do that miracle of a guy who wasn't supposed to live and healed him and, and brought him through that. And I thought, you know what, God, you're doing this heavy lifting and I don't want to give up when I'm intimidated. And I just want to encourage you, if there are miracle situations around you, you feel like I'm not, I'm not up for it. I don't feel like I have the faith. There are times when you grab others and you get them to encourage your faith and you go together like they did with the paralytic. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Four friends bring their paralytic friend to the... But then there are times where the Lord just wants you to stand in that place and speak after him and do what he has for you to do. And he will grow you up in the midst of that circumstance. And you've got to know that the miracle is not dependent on how well you read the cookbook. Right? It's really about you and God and about what he's doing. But I've got to tell you, he wants you there to pray for it. And he wants you to be part of it. And I feel like as a congregation, he is calling us as a body to be a people who will pray for the impossible, who will pray for the miracle. I have found in my life that I've prayed for 
more miracles than I have seen. But I tell you what, every miracle I've seen is a miracle I was praying for, right? And there's something about participation that God wants in us because there's, it's a call and it's a draw and it's something that he has for us. And it's scriptural. Today what I want to do is I want to look at two very different stories in scripture with you um, and describe this kind of realm of miracles from a scriptural point of view. And I'm going to show you like two sides of a pendulum today. And then I'm going to show you the, the truth that's true through all of these stories in Scripture. We're going to start this morning in Luke chapter 8, verse 40. I'm going to read you a bunch of Scripture, but that's okay in church. We can read a bunch of Scripture in church. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 says this. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were expecting him. And a man named Jairus, a synagogue ruler, came and fell at his feet, pleading with him to come to his house because only... His only daughter, a girl, about 12, was dying. As Jesus went on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. A woman was there who was subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Sister, the people are crowding and pressing against you. Jesus said, someone touched me, and I know that power has gone out from me. The woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. It's an interesting story. Because it begins with one scene, if you will, with this Jewish elder um, who would have been over a synagogue, kind of like the pastor of a church almost, right? It's like, throws himself at Jesus' feet, which is a very humbling thing for anyone to do. And, you know, Jesus is a big deal, but he's a teacher, and this guy's a synagogue ruler, and he's like throwing himself at his feet, like crying, like my daughter who's 12, needs your touch, you know, just, you can just see this, this, this passion, a plea, and, you know, so you're fixed on that. And so Jesus is like, well, let's go. And I, don't you love that about Jesus? He's got a let's go mentality. He's got that kind of like it's on, like Donkey Kong kind of thing. Like if you go to Jesus and you say, I need your help, he doesn't go, hmm, eh, let me pray about it. Like he just, he just, let's do this. So Jesus is on his way to heal girl, which is very important. We won't come back to this, but what's interesting is the girl dies while Jesus is delayed. And yet Jesus says, hey, 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 don't give up. She's not dead. She's only asleep. She was dead, but Jesus was going to bring her right back. Anyhow, on the, this one, Jesus is through. And this is, this is a lady that sub for 12 years. Though that is a long time to suffer with anything. I think, to, like, how old were you 12 years ago? Don't, don't answer out loud. It's okay. I would have been 33. Right? I'm like, where was I? Like, that's a long time, right? She'd been suffering for 12 years. She spent her money. She had tried everything. And she hears about this Jesus. And what is she doing? She's pushing through the crowd, which there's a lot of preaching we could do about why she wasn't allowed to do that and all that kind of stuff, just to touch Jesus, just because she knew if she could just touch 
Jesus, she would be well. And, you know, it's interesting is a lot of people were bumping around Jesus, but this one lady touched Jesus. And he felt something different about that touch because when she touched him, she touched him with an attitude of faith. Jesus says it, your faith has healed you. And she touches him and she's like got this draw, like this, I need this thing. And Jesus feels it. And she receives what she was looking for. In this story, one of the pendulum this morning is she's pressing through and pressing through. And y'all felt like you were just pressing and pressing and pressing. Yeah? Like, oh, God. Oh, I love the fact that the Lord allows us to just press in and just go to him and be desperate and just say, God, I need you. It's okay, it's okay to be loud. Y'all are supposed to amen there. It's passionate. It's okay to be loud. On cue. Okay. Um, because it's okay to, even, to be emotional. It's okay to pour out. But the underlying thing is she has this faith that Jesus can do something. This faith that something can change. Let's jump to the next story. Luke chapter 7, which is a chapter. Luke chapter 7, we're going to hear about a centurion. A centurion was a non-Jewish person. He had been in the Roman government, if you will, and so he's non-Jewish, and Jesus is mostly moving around with Jewish people, but he's, he's going to send people for his servant to be healed, and so there's a that's going on here as well. When Jesus had finished saying all this to people who were listening, he entered Capernaum, servant, who his master valued highly and was sick and about to die. The centurion heard about sent some of the elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. He did earnestly with him to have to do this because he loved So Jesus was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say, Lord, for I do not have you come under my roof. I did not myself worthy to come to you but be the word my servant will be healed for I myself a man under authority with soldiers under me I go and he goes and that one come and he I say to my servant do this and he does it when Jesus heard this he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd followed him it's like Jesus said this is a teachable moment I tell you, I think he probably did it Southern. I tell you, I've not found such great faith, even in Israel. You know, like, just a preachable moment. Y'all, it's impressive to impress Jesus. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. This story is so fascinating to me because this man has authority, has influence. He, you, you find that in the text that he's to go to Jesus himself. But his faith is such where he's like, if I can just get him to say the word, to, to pray, to, that my daughter will be healed. I have that level of faith. And so I also find it fascinating that he finds Jewish rulers to go to Jesus to influence them. So smart. 
so smart. They're like, he built our synagogue. Like, he paid the whole victory for generations. Like, he paid the whole thing off. And we built a building. And Jesus, we really want you. Like, that guy's smart. Like, he said, you know. But the guy was so humble that he didn't feel like he could go himself. I love that heart and that spirit about him. And Jesus is like, I'm on my way. He's on his way. And the man obviously knows Jesus is coming. And he sends his servants out of the house to meet with Jesus. By that point, I'm like, I'm going to go meet him. But he sends his servants out just saying, hey, hey, hey. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I don't, I don't want to, you, you to feel like you need to come into my house. I don't even feel worthy for that. But if you will just say the word, my, my servant will be healed. And Jesus is like, mouth drop. I'm amazed. In this story, you find a very, very different person than the woman with the issue of blood. Because this person's like just... Sending out a messenger, like that old song, you know, and sending out an, I'm sending out an SOS, anyhow. Um, <laughs> sending out this message and just trusting that all he needs is for Jesus to say the word, to say the prayer, and they're going to be well. It's the other side of the pendulum because instead of pressing in and instead of like himself going there and like, I got to get to Jesus myself and I've got to touch his. It's like he just says, I just need to get the word to him. And if he just says the word, they'll be healed. And it's two sides of a pendulum. But See, the thing that's true of both of these stories is they have faith. He says to the woman, your faith has healed you. He says of this man. I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel. That word faith, will probably break it down in one of the upcoming messages. And you look up that original language and that three words that kind of describe faith. Belief and trust. It's like those are the words that are often used for that same original language word. Faith, belief, trust. What I like about that I feel like it gives the word faith some more handles. Because belief, I believe, I have faith. And then that handle, like trust. To me, trust is a deep thing. It's a heart attitude. I trust you, God. I believe you, God. I have faith in you, God. You see, this woman, she believed, if I can press him and touch him, I, I will be healed. And he said, I see your faith. I see your trust. I see your belief. And she has all this effort and all this pressing. And then you see this centurion. It's like, just send the word. Like, I don't even have to be present to tell you. I just need you to pray the prayer, and my servant over here will be well. It's a totally different kind of mindset. It's really like mac and cheese. And we're like, where is he going with that? A lot of us have a good macaroni and cheese recipe. You know what I'm talking about? And, you know, some people, you know, you, you got yours from Pioneer Woman, and that's okay. We ain't judging. You got somewhere else online and from your grandma and those kind of things and i lived on macaroni and cheese in college i mean just one box of craft macaroni and cheese was dinner and you know anyhow getting hungry so but you know we all have like our way of doing it of you know delivering a smack your mama good kind of macaroni and cheese and i've tasted a lot of your macaroni and cheese and i'm willing to taste more um 
But you have a way of doing it, right? And, and it works. And a lot of times it's like, no, 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 you can't have that macaroni and cheese. You've got to do this kind of macaroni and cheese. The thing I love about God is that faith can express itself in different ways. Pure faith can press in and get a hold of it. It can be loud and proud. It can shun die and come to my bow tie. And it can be, you know, just a, a real loud kind of faith and be effective. And faith can be to the person to pray the prayer for my servant. And I know it will be. And what I love is in, in Scripture, you see a lot of ways that God likes to get things done. Sometimes we like to cookbook it. We like to go, well, this is what you got to do, you know, and you got to, we got to touch. Okay, and then after that, right, okay, I need a crowd around me and I need to touch. Like, we begin to make it like a system when really it's the heart and it's the faith and it's the trust that really matters. And so, uh, and I think sometimes God likes to mix it up a little bit. For some of us who like to rest and chill, he wants us to press a bit. And for some of us who... Press. He wants to go, hey, would you, just chill. Just say it, and I'm going to do it, kind of thing. But the thing with God is relationship with him, and he's a lot of different ways, and we the job, and he has a lot of different personalities that he uses to get the job done. But the thing that we constant with this is there's this trust. There's this faith. There's this belief. And I think as believers, as, can I say, his miracle workers, I believe I'm scriptural in saying that. What we talked about 1 Corinthians 12, these gifts of the Spirit, working miracles, healing, prophetic, all those kind of things. As his miracle workers, I think we have to be open to how he wants to do things in different ways. I had an interesting week. I had a couple of, um, of hospital visits, and both with people that I don't know. Um, one of them was a um, son-in-law of somebody in the church who has stage 4 lung cancer that's gone into their spine, gone into their liver, gone into their bones. And uh, I had made an appointment to go over to the house and pray for this man. It was Jeff. And um, I, he ended up going into the hospital because of pain and uh, what was going on in his spine. Well, let's do it. Um, so I met uh, a son-in-law there, and um, we sat down. I had a conversation with him first about just Jesus. Hey, where are you with Jesus? And found out actually it was a really great place about Jesus, was a believer, you know, had turned his life over to Jesus, trusted the Lord. So I, I knew that his account in heaven sounded like it was good, and that important piece was in place. And uh, I said, I, I want to pray you on a God to, to do something miraculous for you and pray for a healing for you. And, and, um, and that's what we were there for. And so we talked for a few minutes and, and I said, okay, I'm going to pray. I said, I, I don't know this person. I asked them, I said, do you mind if I, I really want to pray. And it, it, would it make you uncomfortable if I pray in tongues some or in, pray in my prayer language? I'm not going to like pray it over you kind of thing, but I just, it, you know, a stirring kind of thing. It was like, oh yeah, no problem. And the reason that I share that with you here today and even on our podcast is um, I think sometimes we need to be wise about how we come across with people. 
And I, and I felt like he was probably going to be okay with it, but that it was wise to ask kind of thing. And if it didn't make him comfortable or weird him out, I don't want to distract what we're doing. And I'm also not trying to use my prayer language as a point. Like, I'm trying to, you know, preach something here. No, I'm praying. I just, I, I sincerely just kind of wanted to uh, be able to take a break in the middle of the prayer and, you know, pray in my prayer language. And sometimes I find that, oftentimes I find that the Lord gives me more to pray when I take a moment and just seek him that way kind of thing. Anyhow, that's the side. So I took his hands and he, he grabs my hands and then he vice grips my hands. And I'm really sorry that I wore my wedding ring that day. I always wear my wedding ring, so I'm not really ha- unhappy about that. And he's just crushing my hands. And I'm praying, and I thought, he is pressing into God. He wants to get a hold of something from God. So we start praying, and I'm praying earnestly, praying from my heart, and praying God. I think it's always smart to pray God's word. We, we, we sometimes can make up prayers that when we don't know what to pray, Hey, ask the Lord or ask or use Scripture. Scripture is really good to pray. You know it's the thought and the heart of the Lord, right? So we're praying and we're praying. I felt like the Lord put in my heart, I want you to put your hand on his back. Again, I asked permission because, you know, here he is in his hospital gown sitting on the thing. And I'm about to reach around him. If you don't know, that could be creepy if somebody doesn't see it coming. I want to make so many jokes right now, but I'm not. Um, so I'm holding his hand. I said, in the prayer, I took a break, and I said, do you mind if I put my hand on your back? He said, go ahead. I'm sharing some of these pieces with you because sometimes we can do things that help make things comfortable and don't realize that we could you know, make them uncomfortable. But I felt it from the Lord, and I wanted to obey the Lord. But I put, asked permission. I put my hand on his back. We're praying. We're praying. And we finished praying with a vice grip, and my hand goes, oh, thank you, Lord. Um, now I pray for healing for my hand. Um, and we're just sitting there calmly, and I just said to him, how are you? And he looked at me, and he said, I feel better. I said, praise God. Now, I'm not here to report to you that his stage cancer has gone, but in that moment, his back felt better. And I was praying for it all, and I am praying for it all. I said, but God did something in that moment. And what I saw was I saw a man who was pressing. And, you know, to be honest with you, I felt that, you know, me doing what God puts in my heart in faith, and that, like there's a reason for those things in the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. A couple find out I'm headed to the hospital again uh, for somebody that I don't know. I uh, found out there was a family in Charlottesville area whose mother-in-law was in the hospital, and they're connected to our church, um, this family. And they, were all, they wanted to call a pastor in and pray for the mother-in-law. And so they were asking me, I text, like, phone number someone when we could call. And normally I do, but I just didn't have I just, I'm going to do this. And so I said, I'll go in, I'll pray. And um, Gloria, who's in the hospital, is in ICU. With respiratory issues, has been um, and unable to communicate and interact with people, and don't know what's going on with her. And so I said, "Yeah, I'll go." And right before I left, this was Friday afternoon, I'm in the parking lot here, sitting in our big 15-passenger van, Mallow, and I'm getting ready to pull out. And I get a call, and they said, "Hey, we found out they're only allowing two people 
in the hospital because and stuff. Um, it's not two at a time. It's two people on a list and no one else. And obviously, family members on a list. I said, I understand. I said, I'm going to go up there because sometimes I can play the pastor card and get in places kind of thing, you know, and we'll just see what happens, you know, but I'll have more luck there than I will here kind of thing. And if you will. So I go up there and I go into the hospital and I'm picking up the phone and calling in. And I said, hey, I'm here to see Gloria. And um, they said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. You know, only two. And I introduced myself as her pastor. I figure I was her pastor that day. Right. So uh, and they said, oh, we're only allowing two people in. And I and it has to be on the list. I said, oh, I said, well, I said, since this is a professional visit, um, you know, can I, you know, be allowed in to, to pray with her? And he said, the lady's real nice on the phone. She goes, oh, well, let me ask my manager. She gets on the phone, asks the manager. Uh, call, and they, she picks the phone back up. She goes, I'm so sorry, sir, but we're not making any uh, exceptions to this rule. And I'm really sorry. And, you know, in that moment, I had an opportunity there. And I just said, hey, I really appreciate you asking. Thank you so much. Just being nice, you know, and not being the, hey, I want to pray for someone and, you need to open the door. The Lord says you should open. You know, I mean, just starting to get weird and bully kind of stuff. Like, God can open a door for me. Anyhow, so the lady got back to the van. I can pray from my van. I don't actually have to be. And I get in the van, and um, I sense the Lord just speak to my heart and say, I want you to pray like you're standing over her right now. And I just start praying. I just start praying. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm praying, I just sense God moving and I sense the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just, and I'm in Mallow and I'm like, whoo, man, I'm just praying. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, God, but it sounds good, you know, and I'm just praying. And uh, I don't know if Mallow was shaking. I don't think it was. It felt like Mallow was shaking. And I'm just praying in the van and, and I'm done. And I'm like, God, I don't know what you did, but you're doing something. Yesterday, I, I, um, I text, um, the sun is Gloria doing. I got She has improved drastically. I thought, praise God. Praise God. And I'm telling you stories because I, I felt like I'm not, I don't love telling stories about myself necessarily, but I really believe God's calling all of us to be people who will pray and people who will stand in and, and that kind of thing. And I want to share my stories, my imperfect stories with you because I want them to be your stories too. Because I don't think he's calling a pastor to pray or just leaders to pray. He's calling a body to prayer. Amen? But I found in these two situations a very different context. One, there was a pressing in. I mean, I thought my ring was going to go through my other finger. He actually apologized. He says, I'm sorry if I squeezed it too tight. And I'm like, no, fine. It's okay. You know, and we're, I'm a man. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> so these fingers were made for typing. Anyhow. Um, but he was pressing in. And it was a moment to press in with him. Gloria is in ICU, she's not conscious, and I'm not even present, if you will. But God sent a word. And I think in our hearts there has to be a, a flexibility. You need to be willing to make your macaroni and cheese. You know, try out you know, 
the Pioneer Woman's mac and cheese. It's good stuff. I know you're going to go back to your macaroni and cheese. It's good. But there's different ways that God uses to get the job done. But the thing that is consistent all the way through is our faith, our trust in him. And here's what I want to close with this morning. Maybe you've had some things in your life that have bludgeoned your faith that have just punched it in the face. You've had some losses. You've had some things that you prayed for that did not turn out the way that you wanted them to turn out. A lot of times when these kind of things happen, we, especially in our Western mindset, we rush to try to get an explanation, to try to figure it out, because we've got to figure it out and and we've got to have a reason. I just want to encourage you, God is not intimidated by your question of why or how or all those kind of things. But I would encourage you, let it be in case before him. Don't make stuff up. Let him by his Holy Spirit and through his word inform you. But sometimes we, we rush and we just try to figure it out. And what can happen is it can actually edit your faith. I went through a year as a church family where uh, my mom passed away in January. And Julia passed away in um, in August, and we just had these deaths that were just like a, a sucker punch to our gut. And you know, one death it was like, okay, we can accept that. My mom was she decided she was ready to go and things like that. But Julia, it was hard for us. It was our mother of four and four years old. I mean, it just broke our hearts and broke our spirits. We were just so sad. And yet, and God was so gracious in that time and so gracious in that season with all of us. And yet there was this kind of call. Will you still trust? I remember before, after my mom passed, leaving the mom. I remember praying. I said, God, I really want to see the dead raised. And I want you to stick it in the devil's face. I just want to be there because I know you raised the dead. And I just want that to be my outlet, is seeing you do something like that. I, that was you know, my own story, if you will. But I want to encourage you today, if, if you've had something that's wounded your faith, don't let it be a terminal wounding. Sometimes you can hear it in your prayers, where instead of praying for healing or praying for freedom or praying for transformation. Maybe you're praying for comfort. Maybe you're only praying for people to get through, only for people to cope. Now, don't get me wrong. Our God is a God who helps us cope and get through and all those kinds of things. But when I look in Scripture, it is not a Scripture that just copes. And the thing is, is who do we want praying for us and who do we want praying for our loved ones? You have on your list people that when the chip things are rough, you're like, I want so-and-so praying for me. I want to encourage you in a real sincere way, whether you're a send-the-word kind of personality, whether you're a pressing-in because you've been through it personality, let your faith be well. And if your faith has been wounded by Life, your faith has been wounded by circumstance. Your faith has been wounded by disappointment. Don't let it be terminal. But let God 
still be God. I honestly feel like there's a purity in my faith now after having experienced loss that's different than when I was in my 20s. Because when I was in my 20s, a loss. I just knew it didn't work. Pray bold and pray earnest. And I was praying with the faith and the sincerity of a whatever 20-something-year-old I was. But now in my 40s, having experienced probably more life than I feel like I should have necessarily, when I pray in faith, there's a purity to it because it's been tested and punched and wounded. But I'm here to tell you, God is a God who can minister to your faith. And he is not angry at you, but he is calling you to a place where your faith is working in conjunction. And remember, that faith is a trust in him. It's a belief in him. It's taking him at his word. It's not you making stuff up. It's not you being the power person. It's about his power working in you because you trust him. And I believe God's calling us to be those people. Those people who are willing to just say, I'm going to trust God. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? You come up. I want to pray for you today as we close.